night hello everybody hi hi friends that's emily um that's danielle i yeah. almost said i'm danielle <laughs> <laughs> that would have been hilarious i'd have been like uh nope <laughs> nope you're not do you want to introduce the podcast sure i just do it every time so you do i figured give you a chance um this is midwest madness your true crime cryptid conspiracy and cult podcast in the midwest woohoo um so danielle told the story slash gave us an update last week yes um by this time we'll have a little bit more answers in the cassidy case at least hopefully hopefully but we don't have those for you because we're recording them the same day (laughs) i because emily is an overachiever i got my episode done really (laughs) early this week so we just decided to record again so um making me feel like a slacker but we will post to be fair i do have most of my my mini for next month because i asked emily if i could do the mini for november um that one's almost done oh there we go we can record it next time yeah so we can do oh i'm gonna do so much talking yeah um anyway that's (laughs) don't mind us as we like plan our stuff um yeah so we'll post on our facebook at least a if there's any like major updates that yeah. we can share and if anyone knows how to set a google alert <laughs> well, yeah I, we're just, gonna google i'm just kidding we're gonna figure it out but wouldn't that be so funny if we got like here's how you do it i wouldn't be surprised our listeners are the best they're so nice yeah um they're all right i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i'm the favorite now <laughs> um let's cool. be honest Sirius is the favorite i mean he's I mean, my favorite so. look at him he's top three in my book sometimes i just stare at him when he's when he's sleeping oh I my god he's like, so cute when he sleeps i'm like how did someone return you i don't know he, i mean he was kind of a handful as a pup emily he jumped off a six foot high deck yeah to concrete like an idiot so <laughs> Yeah, he did that. Um, <laughs> cool. So I'm... My soul left my body. going to tell the story today. I think I already said that. Yes. Um. Now, again, we're officially, officially done with spooky season. Yes. So back to our regular episodes. Um. And I wanted to try to find something like a little different to start us off. You, well, second us off. Start yeah, you off. You're right. Start me off. You look real pleased with yourself, so I'm it's, really excited. <laughs> it's a good one. I really enjoyed it. Um, okay, it's very sad. Oh god, I will say it's. Oh boy. Yeah, I will. We will do a quick trigger warning before I start it, but um, it's it's just something I'd never heard of, and I was like very shocked I'd never heard of it. Okay. So, um, I also wanted to kind of visit a state we haven't been in a whole lot. Okay. Do you you want to guess? um my gut says ohio mm, you're close <sighs> michigan oh yes. yeah we haven't been there back there for a while yeah we haven't done a whole lot there so um this week i'm going to be telling you the story of the bath school d- disaster oh have you heard of this it doesn't sound familiar um it's also sometimes called the bath school massacre or the bath school murder it doesn't sound familiar, <laughs> but massacre does not sound great. As someone who works in a school, not great. Yeah, yeah, you won't like it. 
because you work in a school but oh god um okay. i'm ready yes we have so really good security so it's fine the bath school disaster um i'm gonna trigger warning there it the school so yeah. it does involve children unfortunately um <sighs> if there was a lot of noises i was stretching out sorry um there's also a couple animal things in here too i know i'm sorry kids and animals <laughs> my t- the two worst ones but it, it's very it's I'm a very g- interesting story so I'm gonna go home and hug sia for like 45 minutes she hates that but i'm like i don't care deal with it yeah so um let's get into it are you ready i suppose okay so our story taste takes place back on may 18th 1927 oh sorry about that in <laughs> bath township <laughs> michigan um <laughs> you know what? don't answer don't answer what that yeah, was yeah <laughs> <laughs> now you guys know me um i like to give a little bit of information on the place we're visiting itself to help paint a mental picture so let's talk a little bit about bath township bath township was organized all the way back in 1839 it was originally named osawa 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 township hmm. until it was renamed in 1843 to bath township after bath new york that actually happened in something I was researching, too. Where they renamed it? Yeah. Um, something about, like, Polk County. Oh, interesting. Because they, like, named it after... Or no. God, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, Bath Township is located near... So, if you're looking at Michigan, the hand. Yes. The midden. Yep. The middle bottom half of the state. So, if you, like, cut it in straight down the middle... And then in half, it would be like middle, nope, middle bottom. Nope, middle, yep, but up a little higher. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was drawing it on my palm so I could kind of figure it out. Um, it is 10 miles northeast of Lansing, Michigan. Okay. Um, Bath Township is about 35 square miles, and the population today is about 11,600 people. The so not huge. F- no, but for a township, pretty good size, That's I would true. say. That's true. Um, the farthest back it could find for population was 1960, um, and around then it was 3,700 people. Okay. Um, I did want to say I found a Wikipedia page with information that said in the 1920s there was about 300 people living there. Damn. That's um, tiny. But again, that's Wikipedia, so. That's true. You know. That's true. Take it with a grain of salt. I would just like to point out. I do think Wikipedia has gotten better. Did you notice that I did not use any Wikipedia in my last episode? Oh, man. I was really proud of myself. Good for you. Because it's an easy source to just I like, used oh. it this time. My first time, actually. Really? Yep. Okay, I used we it. We flip-flopped. I use it probably more than I should, but I always back my stuff up. Um, it's a very pretty, pretty area. It sounds like it because uh, Lansing is, I've heard, is beautiful. Yeah, as many state parks, state and local parks, lakes, walking paths, safe place to live and raise a family. In 1922, the township voters voted to approve the creation of Bath Consolidated School District. When the school opened, it had 236 students enrolled in it, and they were enrolled between grades. 1 through 12. Okay, so this is like not just the township, but like other places coming in, right? Because like that would be what a consolidated. Yeah, because if you think about it too, like there's 300 residents in Bath, and if there's 236 students enrolled, that would mean there's only like 40. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. 40 adults <laughs> yeah less than 100 adults yeah that, that so, doesn't really make sense so i'm assuming they pull from like um a lot of areas okay 
Okay, now you got a little picture of Bath. Uh, let's talk about the man the story revolves around. Um, Is he the... You mean the villain, right? Yes. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Spoiler alert. He's, <laughs> he's bad. Um, his name was Andrew Philip Kehoe. He was born in Tecumseh, Michigan on February 1st, 1872. He was one of 13 children. Oof. Andrew went to Michigan State College in East Lansing and studied electrical engineering. After graduating, he moved to St. Louis where he works as an electrician for several years. Unfortunately, while Andrew was in St. Louis, he suffered a head injury from a fall and was in a semi-conscious slash coma state for many, many weeks. After That's he re- never a good sign. No. Sorry. Head injury. Not to interrupt. Yeah. Never good. After he recovered, Andrew returned back to Michigan to his father's farm to be closer to family. During this time, Andrew's mom died and his dad remarried a much younger woman named Frances Wilder. On September 17th, 1911, Francis was attempting to light the family's oil stove when it exploded and lit her on fire. Oh, no. Andrew threw a bucket of water on her, but because the fire was oil-based, this caused the fire to spread quicker. Oh, no. The flames engulfed her entire body. (gasps) Oh, Um, no, Emily. Yeah, the injuries were obviously fatal, and Francis died the next day, unfortunately. Oh, and that's such a terrible way to go. Oh, yeah. It was speculated that Andrew actually caused the stove to explode and therefore killed Francis on purpose. This was never proven, though, so that was speculation. Why would he just cause? Just maybe didn't like his new stepmommy. I don't know. Gross. Don't call his stepmommy. <laughs> I hate it. In 1912, when Andrew was 40, uh, he married Ellen um, Nellie Print Price, and they moved to a farm outside of Bath. Um, she Her they called her Nellie, so I'm going to call her Nellie for okay. the rest of the that makes sense. episode. Um, his neighbors in Bath described Andrew as dependable, always willing to do favors, and volunteering to help with uh, neighbors. Some others in the area, though, said that Andrew was notoriously impatient with any disagreement. Um, Not a great sign. Yeah, so it was like very... like. Like some people were like almost some, no some people were like he's great we love oh. him and some people were like it was literally like was, half and half it like, was like either you love him or, or you hate him, him. there is no okay. in between interesting um now apparently andrew had shot and killed a neighbor's dog who was barking because it annoyed him and he also beat one of his horses to death because it didn't perform up to his ex- expectations he also reportedly killed his sister's cat so obviously we huge have red flags some major issues here huge red flags and also what an asshole yeah serious cover your ears i know wouldn't it be cute if you could like train him to actually cover his ears when he said that i should show you this video i can't train this dog to do anything <laughs> <laughs> really he, cute but he's really cute but uh definitely has his own will yeah um andrew was also extremely extremely frugal um okay. He was elected in 1924 as a trustee on the school board for three years and for school treasurer for one year. He was known in these roles to be difficult to work with and he often voted against the rest of the board. Shocking. Kind of just seemed like he wanted to do it because he could. (laughs) Um, He was the kind of guy who wanted to be his way or the highway. I don't feel bad insulting him because he's the villain. No, yeah, don't. What an asshole. Yeah. 
He really hated the amount of taxes he was paying and tried to get the value of his property reduced so he could pay less. Oh my God. What was it? Like two dimes? No, I mean, it was actually kind of a lot. (laughs) We'll get into it. Okay. Now, when Bath Township approved the school to be built, taxes went up to pay for it, obviously. Yes. In 1922, the school tax was $18.80 per $1,000 valuation. Um, So what that means is like... So for every thousand dollars you have, your property is worth. You pay eighteen dollars yeah. and eighty okay. cents. Yeah, and in 1926, the taxes went up to nineteen dollars and eighty cents. Um, so it went up a dollar. So for perspective, his taxes went from one hundred and twenty-two dollars and sixty cents in 1922 to one hundred and ninety-eight dollars in 1926. So that's did kind you, of a big jump. Well, did you look up what that would be? And do you want me to really quick or not? Do not care. Um, it's up to you. No, it's okay. Okay. I want you to pay attention. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) In June of 1926, Andrew was informed that the widow of his wife's uncle, so his wife's aunt. The Wait, what? The widow of his wife's uncle. Oh, okay, okay. So Nellie's aunt. Okay, got it. Who held the mortgage for the property that he lived on had begun foreclosure proceedings. Um, He hadn't been paying the mortgage, so... Sheriff Fox, who served the foreclosure, noticed Andrews said that he muttered, quote, if it hadn't been for that $300 school tax, I might have paid off this mortgage, end quote. And the mortgage holder, Miss Price, um, Nellie's aunt, aunt yeah. said that Andrews stated to her that, quote, if I can't live in that house, no one else will, end quote. Yikes. So he was just like. More, no. He's just throwing up red flags left and right here. Yeah. He's red not, flag. Red flag. He's not having having this at all. No. Um, in 1925, Andrew was appointed temporary town clerk, but in April 19, the April 1926 election, he was defeated for the position. Okay. This public... Probably pissed him off, huh? Yeah. This public rejection by the community angered Andrew, and it's said that this was the reason he ended up doing what he did. Which is not good. What did Andrew do exactly? Um, Well, can I, can I guess real quick? Yeah, you can guess. I'm going to assume he goes to the school and shoots some ch- shit up. Okay. That's Danielle's Be- guess. Um, let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On May 18th, 1927, at approximately 8.45 a.m., Andrew Kehoe detonated firebombs in his house and farm buildings. Debris flew all the way to neighboring properties. Oh, my God. Neighbors noticed the fires and volunteers rushed to the scene to try to search for survivors and put out the fire. It was said that Andrew had stopped taking care of his farm for a full year before May 18th. He had cut all his wire fences in preparation to destroy the farm. He had removed bark from the outside of young trees to try to kill them, so then... Um, the fire would like catch quicker. Yeah. He had cut off. So this was like definitely premeditated. Yeah. He had cut off his grapevine plants and put them around the trees to try to hide the fact that they were damaged. Um, obviously if everything was dead and nothing was taken care of, fire would spread quicker. Yeah. And really destroy the place. Yeah. He had gathered lumber and materials and put them in the tool shed, which helped ignite, um, an incendiary bomb. O.H. Bush and several men in the area were climbing through broken windows to try to find any survivors. When they found no one in the house, they turned their attention to the furniture and actually got 
as much out as they could before the fire engulfed the entire house. I love that they were like, all right, save the furniture. No, no bodies. Save the furniture. Get the couch. Also, like, how nice. Yeah, right. While they were grabbing furniture, Bush noticed a pile full of dynamite in the corner of the home. He picked up the explosives and rushed it out of the house. What a badass. Oh, my God. Andrew was seen leaving the burning property in his Ford pickup truck. While he was leaving, he stopped and told those fighting the fires that they should get to the school. Then he drove off. (gasps) Oh, my God. That's so creepy. Yeah. Okay. We're going to go back in time really quick. Oh, Emily, I hate it already. Now, um, back to the fall of 1926. Okay, because this was the following spring that happened, right? 1927, yep, May. This is when people believe that he started really planning his attack, and it could have even possibly have been earlier than this, like the summer of 1926. He had been employed multiple times by the school to fix some electrical problems, and he had free range of the school building many different times in 1926. Oh, no. In mid-1926, you're about to see where this is going to go. Andrew began buying more than a a ton of pyrotol. Uh Uh-oh. Pyrotol is an incendiary explosive used by farmers during the era for excavation and burning debris. In November of 1926, Andrew drove to Lansing and bought two boxes of dynamite from a sporting goods store. Another thing commonly used on farms. Um, Oh my god. He bought small amounts of explosives at different stores on different dates, so like it didn't raise suspicion. He did have the nickname, quote, the dynamite farmer, end quote, because many of his neighbors um, would hear him blowing things up at his farm. Cool. Okay. That's not sketch at all. Yeah. You know. Okay. So now that we have a little background, let's get back to May 18th. School started at Bath Cons- Consolidated School at 8.30 a.m. Andrew had set an alarm clock in the basement of the north wing of the school to detonate the dynamite and petrol he had hidden there at 8.45 a.m. Now, if you remember, the firebombs at Andrew's property also went off around 8.45 a.m., So while some of the rescuers were headed to Andrew's property to help with the fire, there they heard an explosion at the school. So he absolutely set the fire at his house to take away resources from the school. Yep. Turned around and then they headed back to the school. What a piece of fucking shit. Yeah. Parents in the area with kids at the school also flocked to the property. The As school property. Yeah. What greeted them looked like a war zone. Oh, my God. The north wing of the building was 100% flattened. 38 people will kill, were killed in the first initial explosion. The 30, first? 36 children and two teachers. Oh, my God. Eyewitnesses who were interviewed described the explosion like an earthquake. First grade teacher Bernice Sterling told, told an Associated Press reporter, quote, the air seemed to be full of children and flying desks and books. <sighs> children were tossed high in the air. Some were catapulted out of the building. Oh, quote. my God. Another eyewitness, Robert Gates, said, quote, Mother after mother came running into the schoolyard and demanded information about her child and on seeing the lifeless forms lying on the lawn, sobbed and swooned. In no time, more than 100 men were at work tearing away debris 
at the school and nearly as many women were frantically pawing over timber and broken bricks for traces of their children. I saw more I saw more than one woman lift clusters of bricks held together by mortar heavier than the average man could have li- handled without a crowbar, end quote. So, well, you know, they do talk about mama bear strength. Yeah. That adrenaline, man. Um, I am going to read one more eyewitness account. Oh, is it going to be just as terrible? <laughs> I didn't put in like one of the worst. <laughs> oh, thank God. But we can talk about it. No, let's maybe not. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just feel like eyewitness accounts like can describe the scene a little better. Yeah. Well, could. yeah, absolutely. Um, so the next eyewitness account was written by Harold Schneck. Nectar? Schnecker? <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, in his book titled um, Maniac, the Bath School Disaster and the Birth of the Modern Mass Killer. I'd just like everyone to know that Sirius has abandoned Emily and come and sat with me because he because can this story. tell I'm dis- distressed. Yeah. Okay. So, quote, the entire North Wing lay in ruins, its walls demolished, its roof collapsed. What had been the ground floor was now a mass of rubble. Buried in that tangle of brick, plaster, wood, and metal were dozens of, sco- of the school's youngest children, along with their teachers. As the, as the reverberations of the blast faded, a muffled chorus of moans, screams, and piteous cries for help began issuing, issuing from the debris. End so quote. was this a two-story building? Yes. Okay. Yep. Now, a man named Ellsworth, I could not find his first name. Weird. That could be his first name. That could be his first name. Recalled that they had seen a pile of five or six children underneath the roof. Ellsworth said that he had a rope at his farm that would be heavy enough to pull the roof off the children, so he headed back to his farm to get it. When he was driving, he passed Andrew... Um, sorry. Ooh, I just lost my spot. <laughs> so do they know that Andrew is responsible for this at this point? No. Okay. When he was driving, he passed Andrew in his truck driving towards the school. When Which wouldn't be shocking, you know, like, cause everybody seems to be flocking there, right? Right. So, so that wouldn't be weird or yeah. anything. Yeah. That's when what I was getting at. Andrew saw him. Ellsworth said, quote, he grinned and waved his hand. When he grinned, I could see both rows of his teeth. End quote. About a half hour after the first explosion, um, I'm assuming the first explosion means his farm, because that was blown up too. Yeah, Um, but... but Andrew drove up to the school. When he arrived, because it sounded like his his house exploded first because people were on their way to his house, and then the school exploded okay, that, so i'm yeah, assuming that would make sense how far after the first explosion meant his home okay um andrew drove up to the school when he arrived he saw the school superintendent emory emory hook and he waved him over um this is when eyewitnesses saw andrew and the superintendent fighting over some sort of long gun then all of a sudden andrew detonated the dynamite that had been <gasps> hidden in the back of his truck what What the fuck is wrong with this man (laughs) right what else did he have in the back of the truck you may ask oh god well he had loaded the back seat with metal debris that would create shrapnel of course he did because he's a piece of shit the truck blast ended up immediately killing andrew kehoe superintendent huck nelson nelson mcfarren who was a retired farmer 
and Cleo Clayton, an eight-year-old second grader who had survived the initial blast and oh was wandering God. out of the school. He was killed by a piece of the, the shrapnel. The Ugh. truck explosion blasted debris over a large area and caused damage to cars that were parked as far as a half block away. Holy crap. It also injured several other people and mortally wounded Glenn Smith, who was the postmaster. Smith had lost a leg and unfortunately died before he made it to the hospital. Aww. Now, the town came together and anyone who could help rushed to the school. The Lansing Fire Department sent many of their firefighters and their chief to help. Local physicians set up a triage at the Bath Drug Store and the town hall was turned into a morgue. Hundreds of workers worked through the rubble of the school all day to try to find survivors and to pull people who had lost their lives out. The injured were transferred to Sparrow, Hospi Sparrow sorry, Hospital and St. Lawrence Hospital in Lansing. Quick weird fun fact slash side note. St. Lawrence Hospital was largely financed by Lawrence Price, who was Nellie Kehoe, Andrew's wife's yeah. uncle. The one that died? Yeah. Oh my god. Just kind of like weird, weird connection. coincidence, yeah. During the search for survivors, rescuers were oh my goodness rescuers actually found another 500 pounds of dynamite that had failed to explode in the south wing of the school holy shit there was also an alarm clock attached to this one set to go off at 8 45 a.m this showed that andrew had actually planned to demolish the entire the whole school yeah yep. now if you were like me you're probably wondering where the heck is nelly Andrew's wife during yeah, all Yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't be alone. The Michigan State Troopers were also looking for Nellie all over Michigan. Okay. Last they had heard, she had been in a tuberculosis sanatorium. But when investigators headed to Andrew's farm to search for clues, the charred remains of Nellie Kehoe were found. I was really worried about that. Turns out Nellie had been discharged from the sanatorium two days prior to the explosion on May 16th, and Nellie had been murdered by Andrew sometime between May 16th and May 18th, and was dead before the fire farm was firebombed. What a piece of shit. Every single building at the farm had been destroyed. Two horses had also been killed in the fire. Why? Just wait. They were trapped inside the oh. barn and found with their legs tied together <gasps> with wire preventing their escape. Oh my God. What the fuck, Em? I know. Also on the farm, investigators found a homemade sign Andrew had made and posted up on the fence with his last me message etched onto it. Does it say I'm a fucking piece of shit? It stated, quote, criminals are made, not born, end quote. Okay, that's kind of a badass quote. It's fucked. It's fucked, but it's kind of like, it's better than what I thought it would say. They thought it meant like, you guys, you made me do Yeah, this. you guys made me do this, which is really fucked up, but like, it's kind of a poetic way to say it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Three months after the bombing. It's like a poetic fuck you. <laughs> 10-year-old Beatrice Gibbs died following a hip surgery. Aww. Her death became the 45th. And final death 45. directly linked to the bath school disaster. Oh, my God. Now, obviously, um, we pretty much know who's to blame for yeah. this. And it's uh, not the town. And Fun they fact. pretty much immediately began gathering evidence and talking to witnesses to make a case against Andrew. Um, Post-death. Post yeah. I can't. The H1. They po also were like 
gathering evidence to see if anyone on the school board should be charged charged but there was never it never why, went anywhere why would that why i don't did they know. think that you know okay. just like they thought maybe their actions caused him to act some way i don't know they didn't think they were like directly involved but they were like i feel like they were kind of looking for someone to blame you know which i can understand like a tragedy like that you want someone to blame and someone to punish and you can't really punish dead andrew yeah so um that never went anywhere but okay it was found that andrew had gone as far as to buy brand new tires for his truck to make sure that his truck didn't break down on the way to and from the school while he was transporting explosives God, I hate him so much. Ida Hall lived right next to the school, and she told investigators that she saw a lot of activity around the school during many different nights in May. Early one morning after midnight, she had actually seen a man carrying objects inside. She also saw vehicles around the building several different times throughout the night. Although Ida mentioned this to a relative, police were never contacted. Would this have made a difference? Probably not, but... If you see something, say something. <laughs> yeah, I just. It just I don't makes wanna... you think. Like, I'm. There's no blame on her no, at absolutely all. Absolutely not. But it does make you think. Like, had she said something, do you like? Do you think the police would have taken it seriously would enough they to have like search the school, search like, the school and find? You know, like yeah. it's like the whole what if situation. Yeah. You know. Immediately after the disaster, many curious onlookers came to Bath to see the site of the school as well as the farm. Many locals found this to be an intrusion on their time of grief. And super disrespectful. But others saw this as people trying to show support and they just like didn't know how else to do it other than to like show up. I suppose. Most of the dead were buried by the following Sunday and the funerals were held as well. Governor Fred Green set up the Bath Relief Fund to help the community rebuild their lives and rebuild the school. Lansing architect Warren Holmes donated donated the construction plans. And Michigan U.S. Senator James Cousins donated $75,000 of his own money to rebuild the school. Wow. $75,000 in 1920 is $1,117,385 today. Damn. The following year, the school school resumed on September 5th, 1927, and it was held in the town hall, the community hall, and then two different retail buildings. How difficult do you think it was for that community to send their children back to school? Very. I um, can't even imagine. I, One of my sources said that um, after the explosion, um, it killed one-fourth of the town's children. Oh, my God. Isn't that sad? That's horrifying. Yeah. Um, the school board demolished the remaining damaged part of the school and during reconstruction dynamite was found in the building on three separate occasions so i'm assuming they mean like oh leftover dynamite my God. yeah it, so it could have been literally so much so worse. so much worse it was terrible but yeah it could have been a hundred percent kill yeah oh my god on august 28th 1928 the james cousins agriculture school was opened the keyhoe farm was completely plowed to ensure no more explosions were hidden and sold at auction to pay the mortgage the james cousins agriculture school was torn down in 1975 and the james cousins memorial park was built in its place marking the spot um where the disaster took place 
To this day, the Bath School District, or sorry, the Bath School District disaster remains the deadliest mass murder in a school in American history. In total, well, 30... At least we haven't surpassed that. In total, 38 elementary school children were killed, six adults were killed, and at least 58 people were injured. So God. this is more deadly than Columbine, Sandy, Sandy Hook, Hook, Stoneman Douglas. Um, What was... The Douglas, that, that was done in Florida, Florida right? Yeah. All those combined. Oh, my God. Not combined. I'm sorry. All of those. Um, And, yeah, that's all I have. So, that is the story of the Bass School disaster. Yeah, you were right. That was terrible. And yeah. And I hated all of but it. But, like, also, like... But, like, how do we crazy. not know about that? Like, yeah. I don't know how I had never heard of that. Maybe because it was so long, long ago. Because it was like the early 1900s, right? 1920s. Yeah. So, yeah. But. Damn. That's yeah. so terrible. You would think for for being the biggest mass murder in a school. Yeah. Setting in American history. You maybe would have heard about that one. Yeah. That's crazy. And also just like the amount of planning. That's what's really fucked about it. It's like he knew exactly what he was doing. Yep. He had so much time to like back out and be like, you know what? Maybe not the best way to handle this. And he was just like, nah, nah fuck it. I'm just going to kill as many people as I can. Be and take myself it. out with it. Do you think he meant to oh, kill, himself kill himself for with sure? The bomb? Okay. Yeah. Cause he, you said he had a gun too. What I, for what I understand, he used the gun to detonate the explosion in his car. So like he to, like, shot shoot it. Oh. Uh, but then. But then that speaks to me as he was planning to get away with it because you park that up there well, I don't at the school and then you go back far enough where you can just detonate it from. But think about how many people are around. They weren't just going to like let him get out and like pull out a giant gun. I mean, clearly like, they didn't. so many people. But maybe that was part of the plan was like get away and then boom and then there go all the rescuers too. I think his plan was to call the superintendent over, get him close so we make sure So that he, he made sure he could kill him. Kill him. And then I just feel like he didn't have Ugh. any other way to detonate the explosives. What a piece of fucking shit. Yeah. So And I know I said that a lot in this episode, but I meant every damn word. Every single time. I'll be curious to know if any of our listeners have ever heard of that one before. Um, it's a, it's very surprising that I that we haven't. Yeah. Like I said, a little different, I guess. A lot horrible, though. A lot horrible. <laughs> Although. 36 children. I do have Sirius in my lab right now, so that's pretty nice. And um, I was going to read through the list of people who lost their lives, but it's 45 people's. Well, that's including um andrew um and some people were like andrew and nelly but i would include nelly in the victims i don't think she was well she people was, were like it kind of seems like they were trying to like separate her from the rest and i was like no i think she was just as much a victim as any yeah, of the other ones it sounds so. like it to me too like it seems and and like i don't you know never mind no i'm not gonna say it okay um i also on one of my sources read that Andrew was pissed because her tuberculosis um, di- like treatment was costing a lot of money. So yeah. that could have been part of the reason he killed her. I mean, he's just a piece of shit. So. Yeah, he is overall just a piece of shit. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there is some like cool videos um, where they talk to survivors. Um, Those must be kind of intense. They're very like short clips. Are they? Okay. So they're, and they're quite old when they talk to them. Yeah. Which makes them cute, but um, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. So if you want to look at that, there's also apparently a documentary. Oh. About it. Um. So I'll post the name of that when I post my. Yeah, you should. My that's a good p- idea. Pictures or whatever. So if anyone wants to look it up, they can. Um, my sources were Wikipedia npr.org and the britannica yeah cool that was that's it gosh i'm so excited to go to work tomorrow i know i'm at an elementary school no honestly though like the security at the school is is crazy tight so yeah i've never been uncomfortable or worried about it so um our socials i almost said sources (laughs) (laughs) our socials are um midwest madness podcast group on facebook mw madness podcast on instagram and that is our gmail as well awesome well we hope you guys have a great rest of your week hopefully this wasn't too much of a downer (laughs) for you um it was sad but i also found it quite interesting it's crazy yeah it's crazy that we Hadn't heard of it before. Yeah. But you guys have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Bye.